It's your lady DJ Leah here. Did you read the first book in the Stolen series, Stolen to Remember? Well, guess what? This Friday, August 7th, Stolen to Keep is live. It's the second book in the trilogy. You can grab it on our website. You can get it from Eden Books. You can download it directly to your Kindle. You can also get it on Apple, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. And I'm just going to read you the book bio in case you need a little refresher. Stolen to Keep. Berkeley Tramble has had her life turn upside down since her sister was kidnapped and taken to a deserted island. It can't possibly get any crazier, but when she runs from the man who doesn't want to let her go, she's the one being taken this time. Vaughn Warsaw will have Berkeley by any means necessary. Flying across the world and making her his shouldn't be too difficult, right? Luckily for him, she likes the chase because the hunt is on for the woman he loves. Warning, those Warsaw men are back at it with taking what they want and asking questions later. This over-the-top love has all the dirty sweetness you want while keeping the hero on his toes. That's Stolen to Keep, the second book in the Stolen Trilogy. Stolen to Remember's first. Stolen to Keep is out now, August 7th. Grab it again on alexarelli.com, edenbooks.com. If you want to get it downloaded directly to your Kindle, you can also grab it on Apple, Barnes Noble, and Kobo. Go get it, and I'll see you guys in just a second with the Lady DJs. Hey, Lady listeners. Hey, Lady DJs. Welcome back. Oh you my guys, gosh, we had a vacation. we had a quick break. Not for you guys. We had we had back to back weeks for you guys. Y'all didn't skip a beat. But for us, we had a nice long vacation. <laughs> it was nice. I say long, it was like five days. And I still had to do all my posts at the beach. And I fucked up and I forgot to bring my other laptop that had the room to do the YouTube videos. So no YouTube videos got posted last week because my my laptop couldn't hold the storage on it to do it. It was just like... How was your your vacation though? How was the beach? Oh my God. It was so great. It was so needed. And so I'll, I'll say this for... I know this is during a pandemic, so we tried to go in the safest way we could. And I am very, very fortunate that I married a man whose family has a beach house. So (laughs) I'll just say that. Like, I didn't know 14 years ago this shit would come in handy. But but they've had a beach house since the 80s in Ocean Isle. And it has not changed one bit. Like, they haven't updated furniture or anything. It's still the same. So it's not, you know, some luxurious getaway. But it's on the beach, which is all you need. That's that's all you need is a place to poop and to stay on the beach. (laughs) So, so my in-laws, they have, they have the place there and they haven't rented it out in a long time. We told them when we wanted to go and they blocked off weeks for us. So it wouldn't be rented before we were there after they're trying to like put, they have a cleaning crew that comes in and then they space out a week between people just to be safe. And so, um, so anyways, so we went. And we went with uh, my parents and my brother and his family. And we all agreed before we went that everybody would quarantine. We would stay home. We wouldn't do anything socially, like with friends or anybody else, for two weeks before we went. So we all made this arrangement and we all went to the beach and it was awesome. It was so good to see everybody. It was so much fun. We didn't do, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. We all brought in our own food and our own groceries and we ate at every meal at the house. Like 
we didn't go anywhere. Like, we didn't even stop for gas. <laughs> we just did that on the way back. So I felt like we tried to do it the safest way we could. And luckily, where we were at on Ocean Isle, it wasn't crowded at all. I mean, we were on the beach and there was nobody within, you know, 20 or 30 yards on either side of us. So that was yeah, great. Yeah, well, the great thing about staying on the beach is being able to kind of like look out and judge how busy yep. it is. Yeah. What sucks about like here is like we try to go to the beach. We try to go really early uh-huh. in the morning, like 8 a.m. actually. Yeah. And some, in the summertime in Long Island, like the beaches are getting crowded. Like, yeah. You know, they, sometimes they are crowded yeah. at 8 a.m. So we have to drive 45 minutes. And yeah. Then just cross your fingers. Beach, it might be crowded. So we just have to turn around and come home. Well, and but. they have public access is about six or seven houses down. And you can kind of see it in the distance. And you can see when people come out and where it starts to get crowded. And everybody starts to like spread from there. But like I said, luckily we're... We were pretty far down. So I feel like even though, you know, it, I, d- I don't know how responsible it is to, you know, go on vacation and do do the beach and all this stuff right now. But I do feel like we did it the safest way possible. I felt like. I don't think it's a, I mean, I think, look, I don't think this is going to be uh, solved anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, so yeah. I think if you, you need to see your family. Yeah. And if you, you're taking really those are really safe precautions you took i don't i don't know that you can we can stretch this a year and a half without getting together with like people that are close to us i mean I just mean, being able to see like my nieces and nephew yeah. like it was uh, i just i forgot like just how much i miss them you know like talking to them yeah. and texting them is one thing but being able to like hug them and play with them and run in the water and just like sit around and play cards and laugh like it God, it just made me feel so good. And we were there long enough to where when it was time to go, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Like I actually was ready. To, like I was ready to go back to a place I've been stuck in, you know? And that was yeah, a good feeling. I mean, as long, I mean, there's no, as long as nobody high risk is being put in danger, you know, in danger. I mean, you know, I, I think that's great. I think that it's great that you got to do that. Yeah. And well, people are going to have to learn how to do it safely until this is over because it's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the the one thing that was kind of our little hiccup was that my brother had to go to the ER on Friday. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I. So, um, For being hot? <laughs> no. <laughs> I did send Texa, Tessa a picture one morning when we were sitting at breakfast. And I, was I like, know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to elaborate. I was like, there you go. I, I got it. I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> but anyway. No 5 July. I was just out the window. <laughs> but uh, no, so Friday, uh, it was our last full day there. We we left Saturday. My brother had rented a surfboard for his for my niece. Uh, she's uh, 10. And she learned how to surf when they were on another beach trip, like last year. And she was like, well, I'm going to do it again. And he's like, okay. So he went. And he got the rental company and they brought the surfboard to us and they drop it off and they pick it up like super fun. Like we're away from everybody. So he gets the thing and he goes out in the ocean and we've done all this shit to be so careful and not be around anybody and be safe. And he's out there and like my nephew gets on it and like a wave catches him or something and he falls off and the board pops up and hits my brother right next to his eye. Like right next, just pops him in the face and he's like, I'm bleeding, right? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, all right. So he comes yeah. out of the beach and he was like, every, he's like, everybody just looked at me like they were horrified, like, oh shit. And he's like, this must be bad. So, you know, my mom's a nurse, you know, cool as can be. So he comes in the house and I'm upstairs 
and I was doing something. I was like making my bed or whatever. And I heard him, I heard him come in and the way he said, mama, the way he said it was like, oh, I was like, something's wrong. And I like, I immediately, I put my shoes on and I grabbed my purse and my keys. I was like, someone needs to go to the hospital. Like, I just had that, like, the way he said it, like, being a mom, I was like, that's a, that's a mom. I need help, mom. So I would come downstairs and it's got blood all over his face and my mom's got an ice pack on it. And she's like, you're going to need stitches. And I was like, let's go. I was like, get in the car. Let's roll. And he's like, I can drive. I was like, get in the car. <laughs> and so I look up and the hospital's not, not super far. It's actually pretty close. And so we go and we pull up and it, it said urgent care on the Google thing we looked up when we were on the way to it. And so it's like maybe 20 minutes away and we get there and it's a hospital and he He's, and there's an ER and he's like, fuck, I don't want to go in there. I was like, I know, right? And I was like, well, you're bleeding uh, everywhere. And he was like, shit. And I was like, do this. I said, go, go look in the door. And I said, there's a bunch of people in there. Just get the fuck out. I was like, we'll go somewhere else. We'll go. We'll find another urgent care. He's like, okay. So he walks in and he was like, he texts me because I wasn't going inside. And he was like, there's nobody in here. And I was like, okay, good. And so he goes up, he was like, I check in. He was like, I don't, he was like, they just bring me, they pull me to the back, to the back room. He said, all I see is medical professionals. He was like, I see a nurse, I see a doctor. He stitched up my face and I walked out and he was like, I didn't see any other person there. And he was like, it just made me feel so much better <laughs> when he got in the car. I was like, we've done all this shit and been so careful and you went and fucked your face up. Yeah, he had to get uh, two stitches internally and three stitches on the outside. It still kind of opened up a little bit afterwards. I don't know if he had to go get more stitches when he got home. But anyway, so, um, but his eye was just all black and it was just like, it was so swollen too. He said, I'm just telling everybody my wife did it, who's like 90 pounds, <laughs> you know, she's like 4'11". He's just telling everybody she did it. So that was our, her one little hiccup <laughs> was that. But other than that, we had a great time. <laughs> so, and Mel got her amazing Yes. Hat. Yes. I'm, I'm Did done. you really name it Biggie yes. Smalls? <laughs> yeah. It fits because it's going to be... Small yeah. but big mm-hmm. for so a cat. So tell, tell us about the Maine Coon. What is this? It's just a cat that gets really big. Actually, they're bred to be really sweet and cuddly, and they're supposed to be pretty smart. They look so. Like I, I showed my daughter pictures of Maine Coons uh-huh. on Google Image Search because I because I because you had posted something about bringing one, bringing it home, uh-huh. you know, and she like couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe those existed because <laughs> the pictures that you see on Google are just like regular sized people <laughs> holding these cats and their legs are stretching all the way to the ground. Ah, like, they're huge. And they, they're just staring at the camera. Like, like they are very intelligent looking mm-hmm. almost like, you know, they're posing for the picture. <laughs> um, so I she, can't wait to see it. Did she want bigger. one after she saw it? Was she like, yeah, we need one of these. Uh, she felt, she felt short changed. <laughs> Having a regular size cat. Wow, to, that uh, sucks. Yeah. So you're gonna have to get one now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, there's no way. My husband, because my husband is in charge of cleaning the. Um, we have the litter box, you know. <laughs> and I swear, like he has like a, like this relationship with the cat where they like really they love each other, but sometimes the cat will like miss. Like it'll like leave a little bit of the poop on the edge, and he will like. <laughs> He's just personally offended. Yeah, he thinks it's like a shot at him. You know? <laughs> 
So now, so how big? Okay, so Biggie Smalls, is he going to be litter trained? Like, how does that work? Does he go outside to poop? He's already, he's litter trained. I I just put a litter box down and he, I don't let him go out. My only, my my other male cat is the one that goes out, which, oh my God, that fucker. I don't know if it's because we were gone or something. I came back with that cat and we got in at like four or five in the morning. I couldn't find the cat. Him. He disappeared for two days. Oh shit! Because it was because it was so offended you brought home another cat. I don't know. And then I'm out screaming for him. I gave myself a headache. All this shit, like looking for him. I'm about to make signs. I'm all depressed all day. And then that motherfucker comes rolling in the house at like three in the morning, <laughs> drunk, meowing for food, like perfume, <laughs> lipstick stains on its collar. <laughs> Wait, did you for a second think that the big cat ate it? (laughs) (laughs) Did you even consider it It for a second? It's not that big yet, Tessa. It's too small yet. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. It's tiny right now. (laughs) It's not big yet. (laughs) I know the cats are hissing at him. I was like, give it this a year. He's going to beat your guys' ass. Be nice now. It's like being nice to the nerd in high school. Like, eventually you're all going to work for him. Yep. But he doesn't care. They'll hiss at him, and he just keeps trying Aww, to chew their tail. Sweet. Sweet. He's like, I don't we care. We have our two little ones here, and I'm taking them to the vet today to get their shots and stuff so that we can adopt them out. So our everybody here wants to keep at least one, and I'm still a solid no, like, on this. And I'm like, I, I said, nobody takes care of these animals but me. I'm the majority yeah. vote here. I'm like, if I just got to, like, cuddle them all day, I'm sure it'd be fine. But no, I'm, maybe that makes me so cold hearted. I don't know. No, I don't think so. My, we want to get a second cat and my husband says no. And I'm like, that's fair because he's the one that has to change the litter. And yeah. I'm like, I, all I, I get up, I feed the cat in the morning. I change the water. Yeah. You know, I change, I, but the poop is the thing, man. <laughs> like that's yeah. the. And it's not even that. It's like, I can already tell, like, you know, they're climbing on furniture and like scratching at stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, Mm-mm, no, we, we just yeah. redid this house. It took me two fucking years to get in this house. I'm not going to be here and let some cat <laughs> come scratch up my couch. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, like my husband's wants he's like really wanting to keep the boy. The and he and I will say, if I yeah, the boys he's are laid so back. Sweet. He's so calm. He's so cuddly. And like I've never met a cat this chill. Like that just wanted to sleep and just just eat and that's it. And you know, like part of me is like, maybe we should keep him and the other part's like, yeah, but in a year I'm going to be like, why the fuck did we keep this cat? No, yeah, not yeah, it's anymore. not so cute. So, welcome to Read Me Romance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> welcome to, this is a podcast called Read Me Romance and it's Emma Castle week here and we're really excited to have, uh, to have her. She is a contemporary author who writes really hot stuff and I have to tell you guys about the fact that she wrote a Tarzan retelling. Are and you serious? I almost choked on my coffee that's amazing <laughs> very very excited about it wow it it comes out in september it's called love in the wild i like it i'm here for it it's like a mo- it's a modern day take on tarzan and it's, it's up for pre-order right now she sent me a okay she sent me a teaser for it and i was like immediately sold on it let me find it okay so the teaser is like a really hot picture of this guy and like a 
a headband and a girl next to him. Like, right? And in the middle it says, he loves greatly and only once. Welcome to the jungle. Oh, <laughs> I, I like, like that. Yeah. So sign me up for that. Mm-hmm. That's um, hot. That's a good teaser. I know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's a good teaser. She was like, please use this if you can. And I was yeah. like, we're going to definitely yes. use that. <laughs> she also, she seems to write like for like, what is... I don't know. It's like she really appeals to my id. It's like with she has a book called Midnight with the Devil, and it's for fans of sh- uh, the show Lucifer. Oh, you guys watched that? Show I've never watched it, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Uh huh. Apparently, that show. I watched the first episode and I was into it, but then people say it gets amazing. Yeah. Like as yeah. it goes along, I think there's been four seasons, and he just gets hotter and hotter and like more um, compelling. So. She also has this, a book called The Wilderness Within, and it's a, it's a romance set during a pandemic, which she wrote last year before this was ever a Shut thing. up. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God, <sighs> stop it. She uh-huh, can predict the so, future. Fuck, what if Tarzan happens? <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited. <laughs> so yeah, she has a book called The Wilderness Within, um, and... I think, okay, did she say that it's like, I think the heroine, the heroine is, it becomes the president and saves the day. So, I mean, I, like, I, everything about this is yes for me. I love <laughs> yeah. all these books. Love in the Wild, go get, get it for pre-order. It's up now on Amazon for pre-order. I think it might be wide, actually. So, if you, like, read on i iBooks and stuff. Midnight with the Devil is the fans, uh, fans of Lucifer book. And Wilderness Within is the, the book set during a pandemic, which oh I'm, God. it's kind of cool if you want to just lean into this whole thing. <laughs> no, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go I, for it. And, and it ends, it's got a happy ending. So, that's kind of nice. Hell yeah. But we, so... Let's talk about Tracy's dog. What? <laughs> Tracy's dog is a vibrator. Whose dog? That we both bought. Oh, I had. Oh, I was oh. like, whose dog? Okay, first of all, I don't know why they call it that. That's weird. I don't either. I don't know. Let's, I not, don't know. let's not refer to it as that. I don't. I know. It sounds that's weird. Uncom- that makes me uncomfortable. I'll say that. They have it. So if you just look up on Amazon, because they keep taking it down. So you have to keep researching. Why do they keep doing that? Because it's a sex toy and it's Amazon. Like why? Why not? This that's a whole. And I, it's exactly, for women. that is a whole other tangent. I, I want. I don't want to bring to the podcast. But something that really pissed me off the other day is like their their censorship on things that are for women like this that that just go away and they don't care. You know, if they don't like it if they think it's you know, slutty or smutty or whatever, they just pull it. So the links that I keep posting up, if you see them in our Facebook group for Read Me Romance Headquarters, if you click on it and it's gone, I keep trying to post a new link below when I find it again. But if you just look up on Amazon, you look up like clit sucking vibrator or something like that, or you look up like um, sucking massage. Because I'll tell you what to look up. It, Tracy. Well, first of all, they the whole she has a web. The, it's okay. uh, Tracy's toys is a, it's like a website. Oh, let me see. I sent it to my friend. <laughs> I was like, please buy this. Uh, she's like, is this going to make my pandemic better? I was like, yep. it'll make it more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that was so weird. The link was gone. Okay, yeah. so if you it's tracysdog.com. I mean, clitoral sucking vibrator is what you would Yeah. uh Google to find it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's Tracy's dog deep tissue 2 in one vibrator. Okay, so we try well I want to know why they call I it Tracy's a, dog. I wonder if it's, it's a company a that's from another country. It's memorable. 
I wonder if it's yeah. from another country and this is just how they've translated it. Like Casey's best friend. You know what I mean? Like, like man's best Tracy's friend is a dog. Sound a lot like more sexy. Like a cat's more sexy sound. Yeah, but right? the like, thing is, like the the thing here is like you know how it's man's best friend is a dog. That's why I'm wondering if it was like Tracy's best friend and it was translated wrong. Oh, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe it's something like that. Anyways, so Leah texted us, right? Yeah. So I bought it for my birthday yeah. and I forgot about it. And then a, a romance, a lady listener. Said I posted up something and I said like something about no vibe jalabs over blah 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 just making a joke and she was like she's like I'm just here to find out if you use that vibrator and I was like I fucking forgot like a month later I'd like put it in a drawer and I forgot that to use it I'd just been using old faithful and so um so anyways I was like you know what let's try this bad boy so I used it <laughs> one time and I have I've never done this when I've masturbated where I've come off of the bed and gone, shit. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I seriously, I did this. I was like, shit. <laughs> like, I scared myself. <laughs> like, I was afraid of it. Like, and then I was like, well, I got to use this again. So I immediately did it again. And it was like that again where it was like, fuck. <laughs> like, I actually, yeah. I said it in a shocking way. Because I was that shocked about how it felt. That sounds it, a little let me scary, tell you, though. It hasn't stopped me from using it, and the fact so <laughs> so there is a learning curve on it. And I'll stay and I'll start yeah. with why it was so powerful the first time because I just cranked it all the way up. Because I'm used to on a vibrator. I don't know why there's any other setting except high. Because apparently <laughs> I need a lightning bolt to get my vagina off. So. I just turned it all the way up and then put it on. And I was like, that was probably my first mistake. So it has like a suction. So there's two buttons. There's a suction button and a vibrate button. And the vibrate is the part that goes inside of you and it touches your G spot. And the sucking part needs to lay flat. It has to be like, it has to create a seal and you can put your thumb over it and it will, you can feel it sucking, but it won't do it until you make that tight seal. Like you press your thumb all the way up against it and you can feel it, it pulls it. And so it's like, oh shit. Okay. And so, um, so anyway, so the first time I put it, like you put it inside you and then you put it up against your clit and it took me a minute to figure out like, all right, where's my clit? Where am I at? Like, is this the right part? And it would take a second and it was like, oh shit, that's it. And like uh, 10 seconds later, I came. 10 seconds. So how was your experience with it, Tessa? After I said this and you got it, what was it like for you? I bought it immediately, came a day later mm-hmm. and like it was, it was sitting in my office for a couple of days. I brought it up. Then I finally, cause it's like, it's like a real complicated maneuver. Like yeah, it's taking definitely out vibrator, like, getting rid of the, the packaging, charging it in a place where no one's going to see you doing it. <laughs> so anyways, I did. And then like, I don't know why I thought five minutes before dinner is going to be really, <laughs> let me just give this a shot. Let me just see like, if like the hype is real. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I just like was, I just stay, I was standing up. What? How did your knees not buckle? <laughs> I, they did. I, so I was like, I just like put a casual elbow on the bed. And I put it on my pants. And I did what you did where I just was like, how do you work this thing? And then it was just like full blast, right? Oh so I just God. was like, all right, well, might as well go for it. <laughs> and then and then like by the time I realized it was on too high and that I was going to go flying yeah like I it was too too late late. (laughs) yeah 
That was, it was yeah. too late, and I was like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm just gonna knuckle in and do this. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I, like, I, I know this is too much information, but, like, I had to change <laughs> before dinner. <laughs> that is awesome information. I was walking out of my room, and I was like, what is, like, if it, like, it was amazing. Oh, my God. The orgasm was, like, really powerful, yeah. and, like. It went on for a lot longer. Yes. Like, typical orgasms yes. going for. I was like, is this still going? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like a romance I did, novel. I've had multiple orgasms. Probably the third or fourth. I've used this a lot now. <laughs> so yeah. Probably the third or fourth time I used it, I had one orgasm that just rolled into another. And I was like, yes. And it I was one like- of those, like, it was... Once I figured out the control settings and I got it to where I like it, it was one of those things where it was just like, this is amazing. Like, it yeah. was just, like, it was such a, like, it, it felt like a good, solid, awesome one. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I was surprised. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I need to start treating the vibrator better. Like, maybe candles and flowers. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I need to step up my game, make sure she stays happy. I, I just, like, it, yeah. So, I, I was walking out of the bedroom and I was just like, what is, like, I was like, this is crazy. I, I think I must have, I, I don't know. It does usually not like that. Yeah. It's usually yeah. manageable. <laughs> I don't have to change. So it's just, I don't know. I highly recommend it. I, I honestly didn't think I would like any suction mm-hmm. on my clip. Yeah. And it really, it's weird watching myself. <laughs> Why would you like thing. that? I know. Right? Um, Wait, yeah. I don't know. Like from a, from a machine. Like I, it's different uh-huh. when it's like, uh, it's you can like a, it's, it's not strong sucking. It's like a, a soft pulsate. It doesn't feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't feel, um, I don't know. You just put your finger in it. You can kind of feel like it's that just it's, really it's soft. Like, like it's almost yeah. like, it, but it's like a pulsing, like almost like a heartbeat. Like, like that's yes. what it feels like is a heartbeat, but it's pulling when it does it. Highly I'm telling you like that has been that's that's been a good purchase and I like honestly like you know I would recommend it to anybody that's ever used a vibrator like just give it a shot it's $46 yeah I mean the first I feel like that's pretty oh, good damn. for a vibrator that's I cheap. think it's pretty cheap I mean I, it's not like a I mean you can buy obviously you might like $10 ones that'll get the job done but this one is like spend a little bit more and I, it, it's worth it. And like I said, the first couple of times it scared me because I just I had it up way too high. Isn't the rabbit like a yes, hundred? It's or a something? little over a hundred. I have the rabbit and I haven't used it in years yeah. because it's too much. Yeah. It's like, I normally like holding a bazooka. It's gigantic. I, I normally know. don't like anything that goes inside me either. And I will say I was pleasantly surprised with this one because normally I don't use one that's internal at all. I just need like clit stimulation and I'm good. But this just like, oh man. It just like, it's the perfect size. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't feel like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like you. It doesn't feel like a huge phallic thing inside of you because it is small and it's curved and it's meant to like press against your G spot. But um, they do, if that's not your thing at all, they do make ones that are just on the outside that are just a handheld suction thing. And I've never used that, but I'm assuming it would be the same thing without the internal stimulation. But someone told me that the advantage of this one that goes inside you is that you can sit on the edge of the bed and like rock with it. And I know I was like, I was like, oh, you're doing the Lord's work right now, girl. Like you're sharing the Lord's message out here with all of us. Because I feel like I'm going to need an empty house for that. Yeah. Like, everybody's yeah. going to have to leave. 
When is the most <laughs> never. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I never, never masturbate to the bed until like this pandemic. Is over. <laughs> I feel like sure. Tess is gonna. Get I feel like when I lock my yeah. door, my kids know what I'm doing because they're old enough. Like, why else? Would <laughs> yeah, why else can't we come in? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they know what I'm doing, so I never want to do it. Especially yeah. Isabel, my older one. I'm like, she probably knows what I'm doing. Why else would I lock the door? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mom's taking a 10-minute nap. Back in a while. <laughs> 10 minute nap. Um, okay, so let's go ahead. Oh, wait, before we play um, Devastate Me by Emma Castle, uh, Leah, do you want to talk about merch really quick? Oh, yes. Thank you so much for reminding me because I totally forgot. If you have not heard this before, Listen up. So we have a summer reading program. Look, I'm wrapping the merch. Boom. Right now on my t-shirt. So we have a summer reading program. And to enter to win a video chat with your favorite lady DJs, all you have to do is share this image, the summer reading program. We have it posted up on all of our social media. Just post it up and tag what books you're reading. If you want to tag your favorite authors, you can. If you want a bonus entry, if you want to get entered in twice, uh, post up five books you read this summer before September 1st. That's the final date. So post a picture of the five books you read this summer and you get an additional entry. And I am looking at everyone who tags us on Facebook and Instagram. When I see those tags, I write your name down and they're all going in a hat and we're just going to pull names out of it. So that's how we're doing this shit. So if you want to enter to win, it's just a fun way for us to kind of like be together this summer and we're going to talk books on the video chat um, we're going to try to do it live to where lady listeners can can go on and ask questions and all kinds of good stuff. So it should be really fun. I think that's it. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Here's the first first installment of Devastate Me by Emma Castle. It's about a Navy SEAL and uh, the girl who moves in next door who ain't got no time for no man. And, <laughs> um, it's going to be good. So stick around and we'll talk to you on the other side. Bye. 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 This is Devastate Me by Emma Castle, read for you by P.J. Morgan. Chapter 1 Who is that? Ophelia Westcott asked her new neighbor as they finished carrying in the last few boxes of Ophelia's belongings into the starter home she'd just purchased. Who? The neighbor in question, Miranda Oakland, asked with a grunt as she set the box she'd been hauling down on the living room floor. Miranda was older than Ophelia, close to forty-five, as opposed to Ophelia, who was twenty-four. But Miranda was fun and energetic, and the age difference didn't even seem to exist between them. Ophelia had taken to her instantly when she'd introduced herself a few hours ago after the moving van had pulled into the driveway. Ophelia approached the wide window in her living room and pointed to the house on her left. That! Who is that? There, mowing the lawn, was the most attractive man Ophelia had ever seen. He was at least six foot three, with dark hair the color of chocolate, and a body that made a woman's thighs clench. Miranda shadowed her at the window, and when she saw where Ophelia was pointing, she chuckled. Oh, that, my dear, is Colt Henshaw. Miranda sighed. Isn't he gorgeous? Wait until you see those whiskey-colored hazel eyes of his. Ophelia leaned against the window as Colt stopped pushing the lawnmower and pulled his shirt up to wipe the sweat away from his face. 
The simple action showed the sharp V of his abdominal muscles as they disappeared beneath his black basketball shorts. There wasn't an ounce of fat on Colt, as far as Ophelia could tell. Miranda pretended to fan her face. He has that effect on all of us, but don't expect him to notice you. It's not personal. He keeps to himself. Robert talked to him at one of the homeowners meetings when he first moved here two years ago. He's a former Navy SEAL, I think. Really? According to my husband, anyway. Ophelia sighed. A Navy SEAL, just like the heroes in those romance novels she read. Of course, reality was nothing like those books. It was still fun to dream, though. Come on, Miranda said. Let's get the rest of the boxes from your porch so you can send the movers home early. Thanks. Ophelia appreciated her new friend's help. She was new to Havensport and still a little tight on money. Sending the movers home early would save her a few bucks. Thankfully, she would be starting her new job tomorrow. Even though it would be a Sunday, she liked the work and didn't mind the unique schedule of working Sunday to Thursday. So what's your job again? Miranda asked as they each grabbed a box and headed back inside. I'm an online stylist. I select outfits, clothes, shoes, and accessories for clients based on their fashion profile, and then my company mails a box to them with the items I've chosen. Then they try the items on and buy what they like. Hmm, what will they think of next? Miranda smiled at her, and then Ophelia quickly met the movers at the door as they carried in the last piece of furniture. While she was standing outside and writing a check for the movers, she caught a glimpse of Colt, who'd finished mowing and was now carrying an assortment of gardening tools. He halted at the invisible line between their two yards and knelt by a flower bed. Now she had a better chance to see his face. He had one of those masculine square jaws, outlined by a short beard. She'd never seen the appeal of a beard before, but on Colt, it was hot, a little too hot. You're cute as a button, honey, but I promise you that man isn't looking for anyone or anything. Best not to get your hopes up. Ophelia sighed and turned away from the window. Miranda was right. Colt was a little too sexy, and she'd never had much luck with overly attractive guys anyway. She was only five foot two and a bit too much on the curvy side. Her last boyfriend had dumped her for a tall, leggy blonde. As a result, she decided to move. She wanted a fresh start in a new city. So she'd packed up her life and used her savings to buy this house. She wanted no regrets, and that included being shot down by her beyond hot, emotionally unavailable next-door neighbor. Colt always knew when he was being watched. After serving 14 years in the Navy, he'd never lost that sixth sense of heightened awareness. He sat back on his knees by his front flower beds to pull weeds from his red azaleas in front of his house and shot a covert glance at the house to his right. The subtlety of this move would have made his former commanding officer proud. The moving truck was pulling away, and his new neighbor was watching him through the large front window of her house. She had also watched him mow the lawn. He was used to the women in the neighborhood eyeing him any time he was outdoors. Last summer he'd been digging holes to plant tulip bulbs, when two of the more aggressive divorcees in the neighborhood had actually parked folding chairs across the street, sipping margaritas as they ogled his ass, like he was part of the Magic Mike crew in Vegas. He had allowed it, but he sure as hell hadn't liked it. He liked his privacy. He liked being left the hell alone. 
Colt had a strange sense that his new neighbor was going to change everything. He had caught a glimpse of her, and she was a sweet young thing with big dark eyes and hair as black as a raven's wing. Her skin was a creamy pale like alabaster. He sure as hell didn't want to get interested in her. He was done with that sort of thing. He'd been burned, and he wasn't about to let this sweetheart next door get anywhere near him. She looked like she carried a pocket full of matches that just might set him ablaze. He finished up his weeding and headed inside. His German shepherd, Noah, was watching him with dark, serious eyes, from his favorite perch on the couch, backed up against the window facing the street. At the sight of Colt, Noah's tongue lolled out, making him look like he was smiling. The dog had been trained to sniff out explosives, and after three tours of duty in Iraq, Noah had been allowed to retire. Colt had signed up to adopt the dog, and the two of them had stuck together. Given his rocky upbringing, Colt rarely spoke to his parents, and he had no siblings. Noah was the closest thing he had to family now. Colt took a quick shower and changed into jeans and a t-shirt. Noah was waiting for him at the back door to the garage. You want to go see the boys? he asked, as he retrieved Noah's leash. The dog sat patiently, tail thumping, as Colt leashed him up, and then they got in his truck. He drove through the tiny main street of Havensport toward the VA center, where Noah worked on the weekends. Come on, boy. Colt led the shepherd into the center, and they were immediately surrounded by men and women, nearly all of them recovering from injuries, both physical and mental. One man missing an arm from the elbow down had a big goofy grin on his face as he knelt to rub the dog's head. Hey there, Noah. You're a good boy, aren't you? Colt gave the man a nod. Hey, Charlie, how's the arm? Wouldn't know, it's still somewhere in Afghanistan. Charlie laughed. But seriously, the phantom pain is lessening now. Colt looked at the other men and women who were crowded around the room. Each and every one had something they had sacrificed for their country. For some, the cost was physical. For others, it was mental. Colt had his share of scars like all the rest, but he'd suffered more emotionally in the end. While Colt didn't have night terrors or ever worry about hurting anyone near him, he had enough bad memories and nightmares to last him a lifetime. Yet, at the same time, he knew he was luckier than the men and women here. Colt unclipped Noah's leash and stood back, letting the therapy dog do his thing. Noah walked respectfully up to each veteran he encountered, sniffing their hands and letting the people pet him. There was a quiet nobility to the dog, as though he knew just how much his gentle, healing presence meant to the bruised and battered souls here. It made Colt proud to be Noah's owner. Not that he viewed Noah as property. They were a two-member unit, a family. Hey, Colt. Nancy, a former army sergeant, came over to him. These days, she helped run the VA center and took care of everyone like a mother hen. She offered a smile that made Colt relax. She was beautiful, with dark skin, rich brown eyes, and a head of tight black curls that reflected her natural excitement for life by the way they bounced on her shoulders. Hey, Nance, how's things? Not bad, Nance chuckled as Noah licked an older veteran's face enthusiastically. Then she turned back to Colt. I heard from Dean. Colt's entire body went rigid with fury. He was asking about you, Nancy continued carefully. 
wanting to know how often you came to the center. I wish I could say I give a fuck, Colt growled. Colt, I know what happened between you. I know it was bad, but you can choose to let it go, you know? When a man comes home from war, he doesn't expect to find his fiance in bed with his best friend. Colt wished more than anything that he could erase that memory. He'd come home from the naval base, exhausted, still recovering from a knife wound he'd gotten three weeks before. He dropped his bags on the floor and headed into the bedroom, only to find Talia with Dean, his best friend and fellow Navy SEAL, and they weren't talking over a cup of coffee while waiting for him. His stomach still turned at the memory. He had taken one look at their faces, flushed with passion, and a part of him had died. He'd grabbed his bags, called a cab, and was halfway down the street before the cab found him. He hadn't even looked back. He'd returned to the naval base and made plans to move the next day. If Dean comes here looking for you, Nancy began. Tell him I'm dead. Colt was deadly serious. Whatever lay between him and his former friend was gone. Okay, tough guy, I get it, Nancy said with a wry smile. So what's new with you? Still afraid to go out and have fun? I'm not afraid. I just don't want to. He said this a little too gruffly, which only made Nancy laugh. She had never been afraid of him, or what she called his Heathcliff-like broody demeanor. He'd once asked her what she meant by that, and she'd handed him a book titled Withering Heights. He had never read much as a kid. Neither of his parents had been much for reading to him or fostering a love of books. After Nancy's teasing, though, he'd decided to read Wuthering Heights. He'd devoured that book, and it had actually spawned a love of reading. And Nancy had been right. He was the anti-hero Heathcliff, dark and brooding, and holding on to an anger from a past wrong. Anger was an emotion he understood. It was one he could control. It didn't drown him like despair, or choke him like grief. It gave him fuel so he could face the day. Well, don't try to have too much fun, handsome. You'll break every girl's heart. Nancy stood on tiptoe and brushed her lips over his cheek before she walked away. Colt frowned as he put Noah's leash back on and took him home. He needed to hit the grocery store after he dropped Noah off, since he wanted some steaks to grill tonight. He just hoped he didn't run into any of those damned nosy housewives, or his new neighbor. There was only so much temptation a man could take, and the sweetheart next door had irresistible written all over her. Ophelia stared at her empty fridge. It was plugged in and running, but it was completely bare, just like her cupboards. There was nothing left to do but go shopping. Normally she wouldn't mind that but she was bone-weary from putting everything away and setting up her furniture the way she wanted. She grabbed her keys and purse, and with a resigned little sigh, left her new house. She really wished she had a few days to properly settle in before starting her new job, but at least she was working from home. The grocery store in Havensport was small, but Miranda had assured her earlier that afternoon that it had everything she might need. As she parked and walked into the store, the sun was resting on the tops of the trees, painting the world in a beautiful golden glow. It was lovely here in this small coastal town. She might never have moved here if it hadn't been for an article on social media about how it was one of the quietest and loveliest places to live in Oregon. Ophelia grabbed a shopping cart and started to peruse the aisles, 
trying to think of all the things she needed for the next week or so. She turned the corner and maneuvered around a huge tower of tuna cans that formed an end-cap display, only to jerk to a halt at the sight of her new neighbor standing at the meat counter fifteen feet away. Colt was leaning on the curved glass counter, talking to the butcher behind it. Ophelia ran her gaze over his hard, lean, and thoroughly developed body. His jeans hugged him just right, and his t-shirt clung to his broad shoulders and tapered waist like it had been painted on. He was sheer, gorgeous, masculine perfection, with those high cheekbones and his square jaw. Her mouth ran dry at the sight of his forearms and the way his muscles flexed when he moved. His lips were fuller than she remembered, yet despite their innate sensuality, she knew they could purse into a foreboding scowl. Colt accepted a package of meat from the butcher and set it into his basket before turning her way. In a panic, Ophelia swung her cart away, only to run into the end-cap display of tuna. With a loud crash, the metal cans fell in an avalanche. Ophelia stumbled on the rolling discs and fell, her ankle twisting as she accidentally stepped on one of the cans. Ouch! Her cart shot away from her as she cried out, heading straight toward a stand of locally harvested honey in glass jars. She closed her eyes, desperate not to see the inevitable disaster about to unfold. But nothing happened. Colt had somehow bolted ahead and caught the front of her runaway cart, stopping it before it hit the jars. She opened her eyes and then saw him set his own small basket down and come over to her. His face darkened with a stony expression that made her lightheaded. If he started yelling at her in the store, she'd make a run for it, assuming she could even walk right now. She tried to stand and winced as her ankle twinged. She could put her weight on it, but she wasn't running anywhere. Colt's hand gripped her upper arm, holding her steady. She stared up at his face as he pushed her cart back into her hands, giving her something to lean on. You okay, sweetheart? His rumbling voice sent wild shivers of excitement through her. God, she'd never reacted to a man's voice like that before. And he'd called her sweetheart. Why was that so sexy? It shouldn't be, should it? Yet she wanted to melt into a puddle at his feet the second he called her that. I... Yeah, my ankle just got a little twisted. She tried to shake the sudden fog of desire that rose up around her. She was supposed to be focusing on being on her own, starting a new life and career, not dating. But that was hard to do when someone like this was standing so close. The man was a solid wall of masculinity that made her tremble. Your ankle? His hazel eyes swept down her legs with hawk-like precision. She flushed as she realized she must look like crap right now, dressed in a pair of old shorts and a t-shirt. Her hair was even pulled up in a messy bun. This was not how she had pictured having her first, or any, face-to-face -face meeting with Colt. It wasn't fair that men could shower and throw on clothes and look fine, but women needed to schedule in advance. Colt's dark brows lowered with obvious frustration at her lack of response. Can you walk? Yes, I can. She would walk out of there even if it killed her. Stupid tuna cans. She wasn't a klutz, but he would probably assume she was now. Good, you sure know how to make an entrance, sweetheart. He extended his hand and said, I'm your new neighbor, Cold Henshaw. Ophelia placed her hand in his, and his warm hand closed around hers, 
in a surprisingly gentle squeeze despite his strength. Colt looked at the cans of tuna still rolling around. A young man wearing a grocery store apron was trying to collect the cans still cruising down the aisles. They'll never let me come back here, she moaned. There had to be at least a hundred cans of tuna to pick up. Sorry, so sorry, she called out to the clerk, whose face was flushed as he tried to gather up the cans. It will be fine. He's probably glad your cart didn't hit the honey. He'd be mopping that up for hours. Oh, God, don't remind me. If you hadn't caught the cart... Thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. After they helped the clerk pick up the cans, he nodded at her purse. Give me your list. I'll get what you need and you can wait up front for me. Rest your ankle. Was he serious? It was hot that he wanted to do something like that for her, but also a little insulting that he just ordered her what to do. She had the strange urge to defy him, then maybe kiss him hard. Ophelia wasn't used to battling such a dichotomy of emotions when it came to men. I didn't bring a list. I was so tired from unpacking that I just drove straight over. Ah, he murmured in understanding. And thank you, but I really am okay. I can shop for myself. The dubious look he gave her would have pissed her off if she hadn't been so damn tired. Wait here. His tone brooked no argument. He walked back to the meat counter and spoke to the butcher, who handed him another package of meat. Then he came back to her. We'll get you the essentials. Colt set his basket inside her cart, and then took control of the cart. He was definitely former military, someone who just took charge. Seriously, you don't need to— But he was already pushing her cart down the next aisle. You have no food, and you're tired. I was planning to cook steak tonight, and I don't mind tossing an extra one on the grill for you. He stopped next to the baking supplies, grabbing several items for her. You aren't one of those girls who doesn't eat meat, are you? No, steak is fine, but... Then come to my place tonight at seven. Oh, what the hell. Thank you. She sighed and kept pace with him as he continued to fill her cart. Fabric softener? She was surprised that he put that in the basket. Her last boyfriend hadn't even known how to turn on the washing machine. What, surprised that I'm a civilized man? She swore she detected a hint of humor in his tone, and couldn't resist teasing him back. No, I'm sure you're quite civilized. Anyone who has azaleas growing like you do has to be. Despite his beard concealing his expressions, she caught a small smile. He didn't speak much as they filled up the rest of her cart. Normally, Ophelia would have been tempted to try to coax more answers out of him, but she was too tired. I'm Ophelia Westcott, by the way. I wasn't sure if you knew or not. Miranda said the Homeowners Association emailed a newsletter this morning, but I wasn't sure who read it. He snorted. I never read that crap unless I need to fall asleep. You don't? I never would have guessed you're the type to buck convention, Mr. Broody McBroodster. She didn't mean to reply so sarcastically, but she tended to get cranky when she was tired. It didn't seem to faze him. Mr. Broody McBroodster? He chuckled, the sound almost warm and welcoming. But he glanced at her as they reached the self-checkout. You scan, I'll bag. Sir, yes, sir. She gave a mock salute, expecting him to get prickly. Yet he smiled again, and damn if that didn't send all sorts of wonderful butterflies tumbling around her stomach. So, Ophelia. He spoke her name as they started scanning and bagging. Yeah, I know, it's a mouthful. 
That's what happens when your mother's an English professor. But to her surprise, he closed his eyes and began to recite something from memory. Do not, as some ungracious pastors do, show me the steep and thorny way to heaven, whiles like a puffed and reckless libertine, himself the primrose path of dalliance treads, and wrecks not his own reed. Ophelia stared at him. The man had just quoted from Hamlet, a passage spoken by the character Ophelia. She wasn't a huge Shakespeare fan, but her mother was, and she'd spent countless nights listening to her mother read it aloud when she was a child. You've read Hamlet? As if she needed another reason to like him. The man could quote literature. You seem surprised. Not surprised in a bad way. I thought only my mother could quote Shakespeare off the cuff like that. Color me impressed. I'll admit I didn't actually enjoy Shakespeare as much as other things I've read, but I wanted to challenge myself. I've even read Chaucer and learned about the great vowel shift around the time Middle English was in use. Not easy shit to learn. Chaucer? Wow, you really do like a challenge. Ophelia chuckled. His hazel eyes met hers. For a second, she was lost in his gaze, her heart fluttering until he broke the spell by looking away once the last bag was filled. They quickly paid for their groceries, and he walked her to her car. Remember, seven tonight. Noah and I will be waiting. And with a devastating, panty-melting smile, he walked away across the parking lot. Ophelia stared after him, wondering what she'd gotten herself into, and she was more than a little worried about who Noah was. Chapter 2 Ophelia crept across her lawn in the growing dusk, wearing a brightly colored blouse, jean shorts, and sandals. She hoped that none of her new neighbors would see her heading toward Colt's house. The last thing she needed was to be the center of neighborhood gossip. With a furtive glance around, she knocked on the navy blue front door. The door opened, and Colt stood there, towering over her. She stepped back, far too aware of how close they were. His strong body emanated heat, and she could smell a blend of fabric softener and lemon. Had he been doing laundry and cleaning? Just for her? She wanted to think so. There was something sexy about a man who rushed to clean up his place for a woman coming over. It made her think of tumbling onto clean sheets with him and having insanely hot sex on them. God, when had she become turned on by things like that? Come on in, I just fired up the grill. He stepped back, and Ophelia entered his home, her eyes darting around the room to note the cozy yet masculine furniture choices. It wasn't Spartan by any means, but the color tones of the walls and furniture were in natural and neutral tones of dark browns, dove grays, and warm leather. So am I the first to arrive? she asked. What do you mean? Your friend Noah, wasn't it? Is he here yet? For a second, Colt simply stared at her, inscrutable as ever, and then he laughed. The rich, deep sound made her think of him in bed. If she was honest, everything he did was making her think of him in bed. Noah! He whistled sharply, and Ophelia tensed at the sound of nails scraping on wood floors. An impressive but intimidating German shepherd rushed into the room. Ophelia immediately shrank back, 
and that didn't escape Colt's notice. Afraid of dogs? he asked. He waved a hand, and Noah sat where he was, and then lay down. No, not exactly. I got bit by a German shepherd when I was twelve. The neighbor boy sent it after me as a joke. I still have a scar. She pointed to her chin. Colt reached up and caught hold of her chin, leaning in to examine it. She knew he saw the tiny, faint white scar at the bottom of her chin. Feeling brave? he asked, and for some reason that made her heart race. Maybe? She felt unsure, despite the fact that she had wanted to sound confident. Colt took her by the hand and led her to the large dog, who remained in his lying-down position. Noah, this is Ophelia. He looked to her as he introduced them. Noah is a therapy dog. He was a bomb sniffer in Iraq for three years. You won't meet a gentler dog, I promise. Colt knelt on one knee and motioned for her to do the same. Ophelia did, but she reflexively gripped Colt's arm. His skin was warm and comforting. You can pet him. He won't move from this position until I tell him to. Trusting Colt, she reached out and patted the German shepherd. His fur was smooth and soft. The dog licked his lips, which made her flinch. That means he likes it, not that he sees you as a T-bone steak, Colt explained. When dogs are feeling safe and content, they lick their lips like that. Sure enough, Noah's eyes half-closed as though he was experiencing pleasure. How do you know so much about dogs? she asked. Colt smiled a little. Always had them growing up. When I came home from my last tour, I signed up to adopt a retired military working dog. Noah has been through hell, and he's a damn good dog. Ophelia assumed that Colt must have been through hell during his service as well. Miranda mentioned you were a Navy SEAL? Yeah. It was all he said, but it was enough. She knew what hardships servicemen and women faced. She was still holding his arm when she spoke softly to him. My dad was in the Navy. He was a CB, an engineer. I thank you for your service. Her words caught him by surprise. She could see it in his eyes as he looked down at her. He didn't say anything for a long moment. I need to get the steaks on the grill. With a wave of his hand, Noah followed him out into the backyard. Ophelia joined him, and he nodded towards an outdoor table and chairs. Have a seat. He turned his back to her, lifted the grill lid, and started laying the stakes across its surface. Noah settled down on the grass, and Ophelia sighed and relaxed a bit around him. He really was a beautiful dog. The evening sunlight sank beneath the trees, and some string lights hanging on the back porch suddenly came on, making her feel warm and cozy as the chilly air crept in around them. Ophelia was content to lean back in her chair and watch Colt cook. He mastered the grill, and in no time, he presented her with a steak and a tinfoil-wrapped baked potato on a plate. You want a beer or something? he asked. Sure, I'll take a beer. He stepped into the house and returned with a dog bowl in one hand and two beers in the other. He handed her one bottle of beer and set his down before he cut up a third steak and mixed it into Noah's bowl of dried food. Ophelia bit her lip to hide a smile. You feed him steak? It was clear he loved his dog. Only on Saturdays, 
Chicken and beef have all the nutrients dogs need that they don't get in dog food. It keeps them a little healthier and happier. Colt set the bowl down on the ground, and Noah dug in enthusiastically. Ophelia had a thousand questions she wanted to ask, but she had never met anyone like Colt before, someone whose every look and action screamed that he was closed for business. So, Colt, what do you do now, aside from being a good gardener? She kept her tone teasing, hoping to coax him to open up a bit. Private security, consulting, mostly online these days. She expected him to ask her the same question, but he didn't. He took a long sip of his beer instead, his hazel eyes too hawk-like as they studied her while she tried her dinner. It was perfectly cooked and tasted amazing. You want to tell me why you moved here? He asked. She stared at him. What do you mean? This is an out-of-the-way place. Young kids like you don't come here, not without a reason. I'm not young, she protested. How old are you? Old enough, sweetheart. I've lived a decade longer than you. I retired from the Navy two years ago at age 32. Feels like a lifetime. So he was 34? That wasn't old. How do you know my age? she asked. Or was that a guess? No guess. I like to know who I live next to. I do a background check on everyone who moves to this neighborhood. Well, that doesn't sound suspicious or paranoid at all. It's not what you think. I work in security, remember? I'm sort of the neighborhood watch in these parts. We don't get a lot of crime, but there have been some nasty break-ins, and the police haven't caught whoever's been doing it. A couple of the homeowners were home, and one ended up in the hospital. So I try to keep tabs on those who are most vulnerable, to help make sure they stay safe. Oh, that makes sense. So, why Havensport? he asked. I just wanted to get away, she replied. There's nothing wrong with that. She ate another piece of steak. Well, whatever reason you ran away, don't let life force you to hide. I'm not running, she protested. Colt acted like he didn't hear her. And for God's sake, don't make friends with the housewives in the neighborhood. Miranda and her husband are nice, but the rest... He scowled as he trailed off. I heard you have quite the fan club. Fan club? He grimaced. They need a goddamn hobby, or better yet, jobs. Ophelia smirked. I think you're it. I wish they would just leave me the hell alone. Sorry, you're too handsome for that, so you might as well get used to it. Or maybe work it to your advantage. Colt's brow furrowed. He obviously was not following her. You know, offer gardening services, strip club rules, look but don't touch. You could make a mint. She couldn't resist teasing him. She wanted to see him smile. Or maybe I'll mow my damn yard naked and charge admission for the show. He grinned darkly, as though the idea brought him a little too much joy. Ophelia shook her head. The logistics wouldn't work. Too many people could watch from their windows for free. Maybe if you did it as a fundraiser. If they raise X amount of money, you do the yard work naked. I'm sure the HOA would have something to say about that. Yeah, but who do you think is on the HOA? She said, chuckling. But yeah, you're probably right. Besides, you might cause a car wreck, and I'm sure that would end up in the HOA newsletter. He almost smiled again. You have a point. 
After a moment, he collected the plates and headed inside. Ophelia stayed on the back patio, admiring the beds of flowers and the hardy maple trees that sheltered his decent-sized yard. A squirrel scampered down one of the trees. In a burst of speed, Noah chased it right back up the trunk. Ophelia giggled and tucked her feet up in the large chair, feeling content for the first time in a long while. Right now, there was nowhere she'd rather be. Her bruised heart felt healed in some small way, for the first time since her breakup, and she had a bearded Navy SEAL who didn't like people to thank for it. What a strange thing life was. Colt put the dishes into the dishwasher and watched Ophelia laugh as Noah chased some squirrels. His chest tightened unexpectedly. How many nights had he and Talia spent like this? A few, most of them nice, but he'd been too young, too foolish to sense her unhappiness. A quiet life in a small town had never been her plan. She had wanted him to stay in the service and to work his way up the ranks so she could be a high-powered military wife and travel the world with him. There was nothing wrong with that, but she had never really understood what it meant to be in the service nor what it meant to be married to someone who was. A spouse of a service member gave up a lot, starting with a normal life. He'd met many men and women who took their roles seriously, and their dedication to helping the others on military bases mattered a hell of a lot. But Talia had only wanted the fun, and none of the sacrifices. Colt had not been the man destined to make her happy. When he had talked to Ophelia about running away to a place like this, He'd wanted to warn her not to be like him. Yet as he watched her now, a peaceful smile on her face, he realized maybe he was wrong. Maybe she needed the sleepy town as much as he did. Ophelia finally rose from her chair and came inside. Can I help you put anything away? She looked bone-tired, as she had in the grocery store. No, it's all taken care of. You should get home and sleep. Oh, okay. He didn't miss the note of disappointment in her voice and had to fight the urge to keep his distance. He followed her to the front door, where she turned to face him. Thank you for tonight. I hope you'll think of me as a friend. I could sure use one in a new town. She looked so damn sweet, so vulnerable in that moment, that all of Colt's instincts just flew out the window. She turned, a hand resting on his doorknob, but he caught her other arm gently spinning her around and pulling her toward him. She was so small and curvy. She fit right against him as he cupped the back of her head. His hand buried itself in her dark hair, which tumbled in loose waves down her shoulders. It felt like silk, and he groaned inside as it slid against his skin, tickling him. She stared up at him with those doe-brown eyes of hers, framed by thick, sooty lashes, her pale pink lips parted. He knew he was a goner. He lowered his head to hers, his blood pounding in his ears. Her lashes fluttered closed, and she melted in his arms in the most wonderful way. They were drawn together, like a pair of stars circling each other, as gravity pulled them in for a cosmic explosion. Colt's mouth covered hers in a gentle, searching kiss that Ophelia answered. Her hands clutched his shoulders and then slid up around his neck. A new urgency drove him 
and she opened her lips to his, and he slipped his tongue inside, deepening the kiss. She tasted sweet, and she kissed so perfectly, a tender eagerness in her that made him feel like a teenager in the back of his dad's old Buick, trying to get to first base. She tasted innocent, but she wasn't inexperienced. She met him kiss for kiss, leaving his body on fire with a growing hunger for more. He answered her with a savage intensity, drinking in as much of her as he could, his hands roaming over her, exploring her, the flare of her hips, the curve of her spine, and the feel of her shoulders and face as he touched her wherever he could. A dreamy intimacy cloaked him as he made love to her mouth, showing her what he desperately wanted to do to her body. He wanted to spend hours with her in bed on Sunday mornings, kissing every inch of her after he'd given her such sweet pleasure that she would never want to leave. He clutched her to him a moment longer, before he heard Noah bark. Their mouths parted, the spell broken. He still held her hips, their bodies touching as they gazed at each other in shocked silence. Her lips were swollen and wet, and her eyes glowed with desire, but he could see she was coming back to her senses, like he was. For a second, neither of them moved or spoke. Then she blushed. Uh-oh. Uh-oh didn't even begin to cover the trouble they were both in. Hey, we're back. Hi. So you obviously want to go get everything that Emma Castle has ever written now because that was so much fun. Go or pre-order Love in the Wild, the Tarzan retelling that we were telling you about. Check out Midnight with the Devil if you like the show Lucifer or even if you don't. <laughs> because maybe you'll start. And then, then we'll be back on Friday with more of the second half of Devastate Me and more Emma Castle news. She's doing a giveaway. So uh, go to readmeromance.com and enter to win. And see, she's giving away some oh, signed hardback. Oh, nice. Yeah. And and a of Love in the Wild, which is the Tarzan retelling, and a face mask with some of the um some of the book art on it. Oh, so you that's definitely cool. want to go check out. Yeah. So check that out. Go to readmeromance.com and enter to win. And uh, I think that's it. Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.